Are you gone? Mark's dropping Metallica bombs on us. Mm-hmm. And Heather's talking about how much she loves Creed. <laughs> and Mark just told us he has seen Nickelback more times live than any band. You should see my t-shirt collection. Yeah. He loves beach balls. There's got to be more beach balls at a Nickelback concert than, than there are women. I went, to a, I went to a Nickelback concert. Oh. And I didn't see a single beach ball. Liar. I didn't. You're a liar. I didn't see a single I don't, beach ball. Okay. I actually went to go see Chris Daughtry. He opened for them, but... This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my Nickelback-loving friend, Mark Matsky. <laughs> if I knew a Nickelback song, I'd quote one right yeah. now, but I've got nothing. This is portraits. Or what, this what's is that? how you remind me? This is how you remind me. Is that a meme? Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, I don't know. I was all right. I forgot. Never mind. And my ace of base loving cohort, Heather Mosher. Yeah, hi. Did you see the sign? Yep. Good. What about signs? Plural. There were more than one. No. Saw one. All right. Just trying to bring it back around to the paranormal. Mm-hmm. All right. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do leave half-filled uh, glasses of water around the house all the time. So does Andy. And water <laughs> bottles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Tennessee. Yeah, our rental house in Tennessee just full <laughs> of half-drunk <laughs> water bottles everywhere. I'm just kidding, Andy. It's fine. I do the same thing. Did I say my name? My name's Seth Breedlove. I'm joined as always by my pals. Yes, yeah, so okay. yeah. I did say all that. that. That's okay. the way it works. <laughs> all right. By the time you're listening to this, the Bigfoot Project is out. This is going to be pretty wild. What I'm about to say, so prepare yourselves, buckle in. Ooh. The Bigfoot Project should be out for channel members, and when you listen to this, it should be out free as well. Also, uh, when you're listening to this, the channel member version of Beyond the Trail. The tie-in to Discovery will be out for channel members and coming out for everybody else for free the following Thursday, which I might be Thanksgiving. I don't know how time works. Can <laughs> uh, you imagine if it was Thanksgiving? I mean, that would be what, what the ultimate. The gratitude be thankful would be for what we're doing. For wow. <laughs> and <laughs> also on the 16th on the trail of Bigfoot. The Discovery. What? Ever heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) Only the greatest Bigfoot. Oh my God. Whoa. I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. emotional. (laughs) Got choked up. Understandably so. Yeah. It's it's up there. Only the greatest Bigfoot movie ever made, as this, as exclaimed by me just now (laughs) on this show. Uh, come, November 16th, so that should be out by now, I think. Yeah? Meh. Hey, who knows? I don't know what day any of these shows are coming out on, but this week we're talking about Heather Mosier's new podcast. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. We're not, that's not no, the subject not of this week's show, but I did want to mention Heather Mosier's <laughs> new show, 
the lore you know. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about the first two episodes? Yeah, they were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second guest was... Probably the best <laughs> guest anyone's ever had. Yeah. 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 And shout out to Les for being willing to be my first guest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's no Seth Breedlove. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Less is less, less is, is awesome. Yeah, less is far beyond my ability to speak. He had some really good stories. Yeah, and um, so did you. Fantastic um, the story. The stories I told. Whew, you can listen to these episodes <laughs> on your favorite podcatcher, or you can Spellbinding. watch them on YouTube. Uh, Small Town Monsters YouTube channel, which by now is over 50,000. I'm getting emotional again. <clears throat> oh, man. Over 50,000 subscribers. celebrate those victories today. Road. Our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, this is yeah. the only Thanksgiving episode, we think. We're not actually... <laughs> I don't think so, because I'm thinking the one episode we just recorded comes out tomorrow, doesn't it? Or no. 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 What is the episode? I shot Bigfoot comes out. Tomorrow. I shot Bigfoot. <laughs> oh. We got three episodes coming out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I oh, hope yeah. you liked it. I hope you guys loved I shot Bigfoot. That yeah. is and the new. Is, this, we might swap this one with season. <clears throat> the one we just did is great. It's a special. I mean, it's going to stay. It's just one. It's gold. <laughs> okay, so this week <laughs> we're talking gold. about Thanksgiving. Mark, Heather, yeah, dear up? friends. I don't want to talk much this episode, so please <laughs> someone else take us from here. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Just turn to Mark. Yes. Yeah. Well, the um, the angle that I took on this, because I was given like a few references to Thanksgiving, yeah. harvest festivals, mm-hmm. and November, essentially, <laughs> right. were the three things. It's like a game show almost. Yeah. Well, see, when I brought up Thanksgiving stuff, I said something to Andy about an idea, and he's like, yes. well, something Thanksgiving themed, and I was like, Thunderbirds, big birds. Oh, we eat yeah. And the look I got was a no. Oh. So <laughs> that's why I just said it. It's okay. Up, up for you. Oh, okay. You, well, whatever. It's, it's all right, fine. great, Andy. Thanks. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know, puzzling on that then, I the direction I decided to go was. Let's do this. The, uh, you know, our pilgrim. <laughs> Four bears were um, yes. hosted by Native Americans from the Wampanoag tribe. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be interesting to dig into some of their legendarium and so forth, because they've got a lot of really interesting stories. And there's a whole history there. Long, long ago in the Monstropolis history, we covered... Um, the uh, history of, say, like the King Philip's War and the early settlers interacting with the Wampanoag tribe in, in order the, to br- talk the about the Bridgewater yeah. Triangle episode. I didn't realize that's where you were going. I just started throwing that in there. You're, it's just the vibe. That's on me, that's on me Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's, those are things that I have in the chamber ready to go is some of their stories that are really pretty interesting I think, um, and have not necessarily a Thanksgiving theme, but this is the the thought world and the um, spiritual background of those who were trying to figure out what these settlers were doing. Oh darn! In their world, well, I went in a different direction. Well, that's I fine. Just, we I just found we a can bunch tolerate of fuck, different fuck directions. Stuff. That's what I did. 
Well, they they do. They they are absolutely part, part of, of, yeah, part of the Wampanoag. Yeah, and the Wampanoag is part of the Algonquin, which yeah. which connects to Ohio, which explains why. So Indiana, the two places that are most connected to the Puckwudgie, are Indiana and Massachusetts, the Bridgewater Triangle. <clears throat> Did you, out of curiosity, go to nativelanguages.org to find Yes, stuff? I did. I love that website. Yes. Shout out to that website. Thanks for putting that up. I've uh, used yeah. that a Native lot, Native Nativelanguages.org. Open there on, it my, is. on yeah. my screen right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, website. that is what I am working off of. Nice. Tribal affiliation, Chippewa, Wampanoag, Algonquin, Abenaki, and Mohican. Mm-hmm. That's the Pukwudgie. So, mm-hmm. basically, I did some... I found this out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. So one of the biggest figures Mm -hmm. in um, Wampanoag stories is uh, Moshup. Mm. Moshup was a giant Mm. who existed even before Uh the people did. Click on that link. Oh, wait. <laughs> Keep talking. I, I, th- I think this ties into the song I want to sing. Oh, great. Ooh. So uh, this is one representative legend. The first, Before the first European settlers nope, came to this mind. land, there lived on the coast of Massachusetts a giant named Moshup. Moshup lived among the Wampanoag Indians both on Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard. An Indian giant uh, decided one day to settle down on the beautiful island of Mar- Martha's Vineyard. He loved to sit at the top of a hill There is still evidence of his great seat there in the crater above the cliffs. Moshup loved whale meat, which he would catch with his hands, then cook over a fire he made by ripping the trees that surrounded him out of the ground. He did so much of this that there are barely any trees left today in the town. To catch the whales, Moshup threw stones into the water to step on, and that's how the rocks between Cuddyhunk and the mainland called the Devil's Bridge came to be. Moshup also loved the Indians who lived nearby him. He would share his whale meat with them. He fed them so well that one year they gathered all the tobacco they had harvested and gave it to Moshup to show their appreciation. In his great pipe, Moshup smoked the tobacco, which was barely enough for a man his size. Then he emptied the ashes into the water, and that is how the island of Nantucket came to be. One day, Moshup told the Indians that a new breed of man with fairer skin than they would than they would soon be coming to their land. He warned them not to let them on their shore, for if they did, the Indians would live no more. Then Moshup quietly slipped away into the choppy waters off the bay, and soon after, the pale-faced men came ashore, landed near the place where Moshup once lay. They were greeted with friendship, let them stay. Moshup has not been seen since that day. It's a sad story. I have one about a uh, Puckwudgie. That seems more uplifting. That's all I got, though. What so, What is a Puckwudgie, <clears throat> Seth? Glad you asked. Let me read to you from nativelanguages.org. Puckwudgie. Alternate spellings. No, there's like no. 200 of these. <laughs> all right. Uh, Puckwudgies are magical little people of the forest. In Algonquin folklore, similar to European gnomes or fairies, Pukwudgie stories are told throughout the northeastern United States, southeastern Canada, and the Great Lakes region. However, their nature varies in the folklore of different tribes. In the Ojibwa, 
and other Great Lakes tribes, the Pukwaji or Bagwajinini is considered a mischievous but basically good-natured creature who plays tricks on people but is not dangerous. In the Abenaki and other Northeast Algonquin tribes, a Pukwaji can be dangerous but only to people who treat him with disrespect. In the Wampanoag and other tribes of southern New England, Pukwudgies are capricious and dangerous creatures who play harmless tricks or even help a human neighbor but are just as likely to steal children or commit deadly acts of sabotage. <laughs> According to some Wampanoag <laughs> stories, Pukwudgies yeah. were enemies of the culture hero <laughs> Mushu and were even responsible for his death or the death of his sons. Pukwudgies are usually described as being knee-high or even smaller. Their name literally means person of the wilderness and they are considered to be spirits of the forest. In some traditions, they have a sweet smell and are associated with flowers. Pukwudgies have magical powers which vary from tribe to tribe but may include the ability to turn invisible, confuse people, or make them forget things, shapeshift into cougars or other danger dangerous animals, or bring harm to people by staring at them. They are a part of Ohio's... Uh, strange cre creature lore, um, which I think is kind of cool. It, it mostly probably just comes from that that uh, tribal confederacy that they would have been a part of, that the Algonquin and Wampanoag and all that. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do find it weird that Indiana is so associated with them to the point that there is a state park, and I found the info mm -hmm. and then my computer crashed. Um, there's a state park that basically is like their home. There's been multiple yeah. sightings of them in this state park in it's Indiana. Not far from where I went, uh, those sightings. Yeah, but I love the I love the Puckwudgie stories. Um, there's some really creepy stuff. There's some there are some genuinely creepy ones, especially like covered in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. Mm -hmm. um, there's the one where they were like, "We want you," right? Wasn't that what they were saying? "We want you." They, there was like some man who was walking his dog and he saw this little creature outside and it kept telling him, we want you, um, so they want you. Um, <laughs> but what was interesting was you mentioned that it was Mushu or what What was the giant, what was that name? Moshup. Moshup. Mm -hmm. Okay. that's That was the name. I just was reading it wrong. So there's a poem written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. In 1855, he wrote this about a giant named Quasind. Quasind came from a clan of cannibalistic giants called Weedigos and was admired by the natives for his strength and didn't... I didn't say that wrong. It's Weedigo. I know. That's a variation of Wendigo. No. No. It, <laughs> These it guys is. are... The, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go to native no, languages. No, listen. Org. They're like no, the, the Weedigo... Are like the sort of chill. <laughs> it's uh, not weed ago. It's cannabis. Wait, no. Okay. What? It's How spelled that? weed agos. Look at it. W e e d i g o e s. Oh my god. Uh, you don't know. You you only know things in classical literature, and this is not Greek or Latin. <laughs> uh, Didn't you cover of, this on the lore? You know. <laughs> The death of Quasind. This is the poem. Can I read this? No, yeah, please. it'd be great if you could. It's a little long. Maybe I should. I'll Does cut it, it rhyme? I, I was going to sing it, but it gets a little. Ooh, sing yeah, it. Sing it. No, sing it's it. literally. It's, Peer it, pressure. We, Far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Quasind. 
No man dared to strive with Quas, and no man could compete with Quas, and but the mischievous Puckwudgies, they the envious little people, they the fairies and the pygmies, plotted and conspired against him. All right. Uh, it goes this on. Is, this is like straight out of The Hobbit yeah. here. That yeah. is. Misty Mountains. I yes. was getting that vibe. If this hateful Quasin, said they, if this great outrageous fellow goes on thus a little longer, tearing everything he touches, <laughs> rending everything to pieces, filling all the world with wonder, what becomes of the Puckwudgies? Who will care for the Puckwudgies? <laughs> He will tread us down like mushrooms, drive us all into the water, give our bodies to be eaten by the wicked pigs, by the spirits of the water, so the angry little people all conspired against the strong man. It goes on, all conspired to murder Quasin. Eventually, a bunch of people kill the Quasin, and somehow the so Pukwudgies, underneath the war encampment of the pygmy, this and goes so on. on, and so this on. This is like Tolkien cetera, or something. Sideways falling to the river. The killing continues. <laughs> War cry of the little people as he sideways swayed and tumbled. Sideways fell into the river, plunged beneath the sluggish water, headlong as an otter plunges, and the birch canoe abandoned, drifted empty down the river. Bottom upward swerved and drifted. Nothing more was seen of Quasin, but the memory of the strong man lingered long among the people. And whenever through the forest raged and roared the wintry tempest and the branches tossed and troubled, Creaked and groaned and split asunder. Quasin, cried they. That is Quasin. He is gathering in his firewood. It's the story of the Pukwudgies saving the world from the dangers of Quasin. Hmm. Other little people often confused for Pukwudgies. Trolls. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the extent of my research for this episode. So what if I told you that there was an alternate race of little people mm-hmm. that were actually up to good instead of questionable activities? I'm interested. For there are, I tell you. Oh <laughs> I tell you. They're the, they're the Nakomo. Okay. Benevolent little people of the forest in whose honor the Nakomo feasts are held. Unlike the more menacing Pukwudgies, Nakomo do not cause death or destruction. Instead, they bring good fortune and supernatural assistance to those who treat them respectfully. Hmm. So there's... Do we have a description of what Pukwudgies look like? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, we Other have than little. this photo. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I don't know why it's so small. <laughs> and also, kind of looks like a rap album cover. <laughs> uh, All right. I don't, Great. You got that on there? Okay. okay. Straight so out of Hakama. Yeah. Straight out the trail. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, All right. They were, when the first settlers arrived in New England, they were worn in Pukwudgies. Mm-hmm. And their hate of all humankind. Wow, they're really like um, anti. Well, the settlers oh, gave my. them no. the nickname "Satan's Little Helpers." Yeah. <laughs> so. Would you pass the maze, please? Certainly. Oh, watch out for the puckwudgies, by the way. They may lure you into the forest and kill you. Oh, thank so, you. So this is interesting because there's there, okay. 
so I'm straight up reading from another site called StrangerRealms.net, but there there are other versions. You said the Nakomo. Yes, I did. Okay, there's another one <gasps> called the Ba Gua Ji Ni Ni. Most often confused with the Pukwudgies and very similar in appearance, the that one the bags have a playful, good-natured attitude, but can be mischievous and play tricks on people because they are playful. They are Ooh. often, they are not considered dangerous. Perhaps these are the Pukwudgies who never recovered from Moshup's assault, or perhaps they learned their lesson and now mm. behave themselves. Wow. So there is great variety among actually, the there, little ones. There's still more. Yeah. Uh, the the, the Menegishi. Yeah. Memegishi. Mem- oh, enlighten us. They're small trickster-like spirits that inhabit riverbanks. Ooh. Um, they're described as child size, sometimes with no noses and large heads, and hairy and fur-covered. They have narrow faces and strange, whiny voices. They wow. get mischievous when not shown the proper respect, sometimes leaving behind carvings on rocks in the area. Apple switches. Apple that, snitches. I don't... They oh. ca- they're occasionally called apple snitches because mm. they steal apples. Ooh. This, uh, that... Menegishi or Memegwesi Gwesi mm-hmm. is something that I had looked into when I was looking into the Dover Demon to try to find what oh. folklore might tie in, like an explanation of what the Dover Demon may be. Mm-hmm. Although hair covered doesn't really fit, but right along the riverbanks, mm-hmm. uh, child size, no nose, large head, mm-hmm. um, narrow face, things like that. I thought that that might mm-hmm. it might be close. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Lost his fur in an accident. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, an accident. Dover guy. Aw. <laughs> you know what? That's why there haven't been more uh, sightings. Oh. They probably see other things that are fur covered. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He was just sick or something. Yes. So, we've, we've we solved, solved it. it. <laughs> Boom. Right here. You heard it here first. So, Heather, you said before about giant birds. Yeah, thunderbirds. We can bring that full circle. Boom, Andy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh no! <laughs> Jeez, happy Thanksgiving to me. So great. <laughs> All right, so there was a creature described as an eagle that was large enough to carry off one of Moship's children. Mm. Which, when you consider his giant. giant size, scooping right. up whales out of the ocean to eat them, right. his kids were probably pretty big. Uh, It's no longer clear whether these birds were thunderbirds, as in Ashinabe and Cree mythology, or whether they were giant wild birds like those in Wabanaki folklore. Today, many northeastern storytelling traditions have merged, and Wampanoag storytellers often tell thunderbird stories from Ojibwe and other Algonquin sources. So there is a very... There are big birds. Yeah, there is a small percentage of Thunderbird stories, actually. Nice. <laughs> Maybe you had something uh, else. I, mean, I got nothing. I, I, did. I know there's sightings of, you know, just because we're, we're, we're in that Bridgewater Triangle area, there's a lot of Thunderbird sightings from, from the Bridgewater Triangle, even into present day. That's the interesting thing about Puckwudgies and, I guess, Mystery Lights, Bigfoot, there's a historical precedent in that area for those things, and they are still seen today. So I don't know if that's just, you know, like 
you would think something like puck wedgies would die out over time as as you know like like i'm trying i'm i struggle to think of other like um cryptids or folklore in other parts of the country that are that bizarre where there's still encounters with it in the present day can you think of anything like puckwudgies what else is even in that ballpark of like really weird kind of folklore that mm. that still has a, a modern day you know equivalent of sightings well <clears throat> some people have claimed as have like jersey devil type sightings and i think that's quite a odd looking mm-hmm. creature yeah um maybe but, like um i don't know the kratzakrana quattles quattles big bird the big bird yeah those yeah the clum. sure all right but that's just a big bird like well, i guess like if it's going to look like a pterosaur or something but i was making that one up actually it was a fake name i yeah, thought you guys would wasn't. just roll along with it it wasn't though you finished my fake word oh and made it into a real word <laughs> You yeah. uttered the prophecy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize. It's, it's, I didn't do it. You did it. Oh. So right. apparently I was right. So as usual, my research came into save the show. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There's more little people stories, Ooh. actually. Mysterious um, ones or nice ones? Well, it depends how you treat them. Mm. That becomes a feature of the folklore. And it, uh, long ago, before the white people came, there were giants and little people. These little people were called Makiawisug. Those who were especially perceptive could see them, sometimes in the woods. They were generally, generally friendly to the native people, especially if left alone. The little people were quite shy, and if you stared at them, they'd point their finger at you you would no longer see them and they would cause mischief and you wouldn't know whether they were doing it or if it was just an accident. If the Makia Wisug came to your house asking for food, you should always give them what they wanted. Otherwise they might point at you so you couldn't see them and then take whatever food they wanted. And even if the little people did not come to your house, it was a good idea to leave some food for them so they would not have to come up to the house. Small baskets were made for this purpose. And the Mohegan left these baskets with food at the edge of the woods so little people could take it and not bother the people. And um, there's lots of other tales like that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm seeing, since I mentioned that I'm not a big fan of like lake monsters or whatever to kind of rectify that. Okay. I will tell you about... (laughs) The horned serpent. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so apparently there's only a few representations of it, but <clears throat> it was a giant snake-like water monster with horns that lived in the lakes and rivers in the area and ate people. Um, in the Wampanoag tribe, horned serpents were associated with Chipi Habamok, who would sometimes take the form of a horned serpent. And then above mm. it explains that Habamok oh, yeah. um, was a spirit of death. Um, often. <laughs> yeah. I, I used the. No, it's cool. It's great. <laughs> Please keep going. <laughs> I was, it was great. The, just the word death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
spirit of death. Let's uh, hear it. Yeah, after Christianity was brought in the area, then he was equated with the devil. Yeah, it says. which cool. makes even more sense of the the general appearance yeah. as you described it. Yeah. It reminds me of Ogopogo, right? Isn't that isn't that really similar to Ogopogo with the horns? Because doesn't Ogopogo kind of has those supposed to have little 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 horns, little knobby horns sticking out? Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I forgot. You hate lake monsters. <laughs> and Pre- there's also those against lake monsters. There's those Bridgewater Triangle sightings of giant snakes mm-hmm. as well, which I was thinking of when you said that. Is that your? Would you say that your cryptid specialty is giant mm, snakes? Not in your, particular. I would, I would I'd, I'd say, say the one Peninsula Python yeah. giant snake is oh, probably my one snake fave. Every snake. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all the same. There is a book about giant snakes that I'd like to read someday, but boss snakes is one, and then there's another one that is just like um, a survey from the the whole United States of snake folklore. Christmas ideas, yeah, Without sunshine. Oh yeah, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of lake monsters, yeah. Since I have the opportunity to do this, I just wanted to say congratulations to the Vermont Lake Monsters. They won their uh, league championship this year. And if you go on their website, you can buy a champ, get it? Champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Championship t-shirt. Wait, what are they? What, they are, they're, they're minor league baseball team. Oh, okay, okay. Featured yeah. in nice. on the trail of champ. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you're familiar. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Is that one directed by Alexander Petkoff? Directed by Alexander Petkoff. And narrated Pe- by Petikoff. Mark Matsky. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I've heard of it. I've got the poster hanging up in my house. Cool, cool. Wait, why? You hate lake monsters. Well, because it's a small town monsters thing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So sweet. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I have a very folklore story oh, to yeah. share. It's not oh. really a cryptid Per se, am I? Uh, awesome. When you're done with that, I got some some more creepy uh, stories about the puckwudgies I would like to read. So yeah, or sing. Okay. I mean, I, sing I, I guess I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there was once a young Mohegan man and woman who are very much in love. Mm-hmm. All the older people remarked on it. Look at that; they are very happy. One day, the young man shot a deer. He brought it to the woman he loved, laid it at her house, but for some unknown reason, he suddenly became jealous. Then he seized the antlers of the deer and rushed up to her and pressed them on her forehead. The antlers grew on her head, and no one could get them off her. They grew and grew until her parents thought they would grow through the roof of their wigwam. The young woman's family grew increasingly anxious and sent for the powwow, or shaman. With a magic oil, he rubbed the place where the antlers were attached to her head, and soon the antlers dropped off. After that, the young woman was all right, but the young man was so scared by his own jealous rage that he ran away and never came back. Hmm. And that's why you should never become jealous, according to the heading of the story. It's an important lesson. But what that made me think of was the bell witch (laughs) of small town monsters with the antlers. Yeah. Growing out. It just reminded, just antlers in general reminds me of that movie that just came out that I want to see. So oh, yes. Uh, Adam Dugan, friend of the show, Adam Dugan, saw that movie and said it was very good. Yeah. That the creature was super creepy. Sweet. S- um, there's, a, there's a story on the strangerrealms.net called Susan and the Puckwudgie. 
Also, listeners, if you hear a child screaming in the background or whatever, it's not a, uh, it's not a little demon. It's, it's well, not I mean, a puckwudgie. It's, it's a Tommy. Yeah, it's a Tommy. Tommy. On October, in October 2017, around 9:30 at night, Susan and her husband were just outside Brockton, Massachusetts, near Ames Nowell State Park, when they realized they had a flat tire and pulled off the road to change it. Uncle's ex attacking (laughs) Susan had gotten out of the car While her husband Carl jacked up the car And she had the intense feeling of being watched So she asked Carl to try and hurry He had problems Problems Loosening a couple of the tire's lug nuts Which took longer than Susan liked There were no noises No birds or crickets Nothing Just the wind in the trees She was becoming more and more nervous Carl had gotten the tire on and was wrestling with the lug wrench as he tightened the bolts. Susan turned her face from the wind, and that's when she saw a small creature walking down the middle of the road. There was just enough moonlight to see some features. It was about two feet tall, gray to darkish skin, large eyes, nose, and a wide mouth. <laughs> it walked towards Susan and her husband like it was taking a stroll that suddenly stopped and jutted its head forward and stared at Susan. She couldn't believe what she was seeing and called to Carl. Look, look. He was as shocked as Susan was to see this thing standing on the road, not moving a muscle, just staring at them with its large eyes. Carl told his wife to hurry and get in the car, and she quickly complied. Carl quickly pulled. The car down off the jack, shoved it off the road, and jumped in. He turned the car on, and the lights came on. The little thing was gone. The couple sped off, leaving the jack behind on the side of the road. Susan looked behind them as they drove by, but didn't see it. Susan and Carl started looking into what they had seen, and they believe it was a puckwudgie. Wow. Carl seems pretty level-headed. In the moment, you know. <laughs> yeah. The way you interpreted him, he was very mm-hmm. like, get in the car. Yeah. yeah. Let's, Let's get, get going. From what I understand, that's what he's like. He's yeah. just a very <laughs> that's, calm that's presence. Good in, job. In the mm-hmm. face of puck watches. Yes. Man. Hmm. What do you got? Anything else? Yes. Okay. The story of the silver pipe. Mm. Oh, that's my favorite. I thought so. Yeah. I, Massasoit was the sachem of the Wampanoag and was widely known for his fairness. King James of England heard about Massasoit and wanted to reward him for his goodness with the gift of a silver pipe. Massasoit prized the pipe given to him by the king, but later gave it to one of his warriors as a reward for bravery. Later in life, the warrior grew ill and knew he was going to die. He asked his wife to bury the pipe with him in his grave. Unfortunately, she was greedy and wanted the pipe for herself. So when her husband died, she hid the pipe and did not bury it with him. A few days later, she went to the place where he had hidden the pipe, intending to smoke it. She had hidden the pipe, intending to smoke it, and then hide it again. She reached into the hiding place and felt for the pipe, but it moved away from her all on its own. She tried again and again to reach the pipe, but it continued to move on its own, and she suddenly knew that her husband's spirit was keeping it from her. She vowed to do as her husband had asked her and bury the pipe with him if she could reach it. As soon as she made that promise, she reached in again and found the pipe in her hand. She buried the pipe with her husband and was no longer bothered by his spirit or with guilt over her actions in breaking her promise. 
to him. Hmm. The silver pipe. So life lessons. There's these are very sort of asoppy in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Just due to the fact that we have a <laughs> rampaging four-year-old who's probably in need of a snack, uh, we might want to wrap this episode up with the screaming and such. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving on behalf of us here at Monstropolis. Uh, we'll be back next week or some point, uh, some undisclosed point to do a show yeah. again. Uh, talking about other stuff. Bigfoots that kill people or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mur- murderous. Bigfoot tur- murderous turkey murder. Turkey, turkey massacre. Murder. Yeah. That's the yeah. big one. There, uh, there is a, like this modern day lore about like a Native American Indian, uh, a Native American Bigfoot war. Mm. Seems total nonsense, but people maybe at some point we should do an episode on that where we debunk it. Debunk um, <laughs> <sorry>. it. <laughs> uh, anyway, the <laughs> leave us a rating review on iTunes. Send us mail monsteropolis mail at gmail Watch the show on. YouTube, you can watch it in a longer format than the standard YouTube version. Mm-hmm. If you're a channel member, you can watch uh, Heather's show free at any point. You can watch uh, Beyond the Trail. Bigfoot Project is now going up. And um, you definitely are going to want to watch that Discovery tie-in episode of Beyond the Trail. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about that. Um, uh, that what you're going to see is Alex and Eli were the first people to sleep in the nest site they were the first people to actually get to sleep camp in the nest site so you'll get to you'll get to watch them actually sleep, like camp overnight uh in the nest site and experience that with them uh, anyway uh, we're we'll be back goodbye <laughs> bye happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs>